When you have health insurance, it's easy to forget about your out-of-pocket costs. That can be a lot of money. But are your bills accurate? Well, it's estimated that over 50% of medical bills contain errors. HealthLock can help you. HealthLock technology securely connects with your insurance and flags any overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million. So to save, visit HealthLock.com today. That's HealthLock.com today. I know you're paying attention to global events as well as what's going on in our nation. War and increased conflict is bubbling up in more places. Countries are buying and hoarding massive amounts of gold. Why aren't you? It's time to pull the trigger with the Oxford Gold Group and buy gold and silver. Nobody can predict the future, but we can't put our head in the sand either. Call Oxford Gold Group right now and you may qualify for up to $10,000 in free precious metals. Call 833 833- 995 gold that's 833-995-GOLD, 833-995-G-O-L-D. If you're a firearms enthusiast like I am, or you have one in your life, let me tell you about the industry's best-kept secret, Bear Creek Arsenal. This is a veteran-owned and operated gun manufacturer, Bear Creek Arsenal, that is, based in Sanford, North Carolina. They make high-quality firearms at an incredible value. Learn more about Bear Creek Arsenal at bearcreekarsenal.com slash buck. Use promo code buck to get 10% off your first order. One more time, bearcreekarsenal.com slash buck and promo code buck to get 10% off your first order. Welcome to today's edition of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show podcast. Welcome, everybody. Tuesday edition of Clay and Buck starts right now. Uh, Clay and I are down here in South Florida, in preparation, of course, for some important stuff going on, like the GOP debate down here in Miami. So uh, we're enjoying the the weather and and the free state of Florida, the freedom that uh, is afforded the residents here. It's a great place. We've got election day today. A lot of stuff going on here. You have voters in. A lot of states, a lot of municipal election stuff going on, but some big things happening in Ohio, Kentucky. Can Cameron pull it off, Clay? Everybody, let's just say this right off the top. Daniel Cameron, if you live in the state of Kentucky and you are listening to us right now, and you are not out at the polls, you haven't already voted, you haven't told everyone around you to go vote, if you don't hold Andy Bashir responsible for what he did for COVID, and also, if you don't hold him responsible for the fact that if something happened to Rand Paul, you know he was attacked by his neighbor, has had serious health-related conditions. If something happened to Mitch McConnell, Bashir would appoint a Democrat. He's already said that in direct contravention of Kentucky state law. Andy Bashir needs to lose. Of all the elections that are going on today, Buck, and there are a lot of important elections, everybody needs to get out and vote, Kentucky has the opportunity to send the biggest statement to the nation about holding a politician accountable for all his failures. We've also got big uh, things happening on the election front in uh, Virginia, Mississippi. We'll talk to you about a number of these important races. All 140 seats, for example, in Virginia's General Assembly are on the ballot today. And Glenn Youngkin, who we've had on this program, the governor of Virginia, is trying very hard to help get a big red wave in that state and to flip the uh the entirety of 
the General Assembly to a red majority, a Republican majority. So that's a, that's a big deal. And then some other, there's a lot of big political stories out right now. Obviously it's election day, but also we've got the GOP debate tomorrow. I'll give you a little bit of a sense of what we think we may see there. Although to, clearly tomorrow that'll be a major topic of discussion here. We know who has qualified for that stage. We know who will not be on the stage, which is in some ways the, uh, the central story still. The, the man who will not be there. Donald J. Trump um, and his enormous lead still in the polls. We'll discuss that. RFK Jr. in swing states. This is very interesting. We want to get into that as well. The numbers that he is pulling right now in the polls, particularly among the younger demographic of voters, is, uh, well, it's election changing if it's real. So that's worth discussing. But I want to start with this. You know, Iowa, the Iowa caucus is not that far away. And the governor of Iowa, Kim Reynolds, came out last night and made an official endorsement for who she thinks should be the next president of the United States, who should be the Republican nominee. And it was for Governor Ron DeSantis of Florida. I wanted to hear this. And, Clay, I wanted to hear your reaction to the all-in on Iowa strategy. Play four. When the liberals and media came after him, he stood his ground. When the Trump administration let Fauci lead their response, Ron had the courage to say, not in Florida. But here's another thing that sets Ron apart. He didn't just fight to fight. He stood his ground because he dug into the issues. He actually hired and listened to some of the best people. Ron is focused. He is principled. He is results-driven. And it is why I am so proud to stand here tonight and give him my full support and endorsement for President of the United States of America. Clay, Governor Reynolds in Iowa is pretty popular in her state. This might come as a surprise to some, although she's been associated with DeSantis in the past. Will her endorsement matter? Will Iowa matter? Okay, let's start here. This is a big deal because she is beloved in the state of Iowa, and the numbers for Trump in Iowa are not extraordinary, by which I mean he's under 50%. He didn't win, as we've talked about in 2016. I think if you ask the Trump people, the state that they are most nervous about early on, you know, in in terms of Iowa, New Hampshire, or South Carolina, I think they'd probably point to Iowa. Uh, So I think it is a big deal that she has come off the sidelines and endorsed because I think it basically guarantees DeSantis the second position. Can he make a run to try to take down Trump number one overall? That remains to be seen. Having said that, I'm just curious on your answer. Has any endorsement in your life ever impacted the way that you personally voted? No. Um, It has never affected me, but that... Then again, I'm somebody who watches commercials and generally thinks to himself, well, that's something I'm not going to buy. Yeah, right. I get uh, it. You know, so I, I don't know. I mean, I think that there must be some in the margins that must be effective at some level because people fight hard, especially not all endorsements are the same. I mean, that's really this endorsement. You know, if you had the chief dog catcher yeah. for Des Moines, I don't think that really matters. But the governor of Iowa might move the needle a little bit. Yeah, she's very popular. I've never voted based on who endorsed either. And I would imagine the vast majority of our audience makes their own decisions without endorsements. So in general, 
What I think it probably matters the most on is, like I said, I think it solidifies DeSantis as clearly second place in Iowa. I would also bet her organization buck and her get-out-the-vote capabilities, given the success that she has had in Iowa, the infrastructure additions that she can provide, because so much of the Iowa caucus, remember, it's super complicated. It's not just, hey, show up on primary day and walk into a, into a room and make your, your vote cast. You have to get people to get out. They have to show up. They have to organize. It's very convoluted. And so turnout, I would say, in Iowa matters more than almost anywhere. And that comes down to organization. And so this, I do believe, is significant. I also think it's important, uh, in the context of, if Kim Reynolds didn't think that Ron DeSantis had a chance to win in Iowa, I don't think she would lend her name to him. Does that make sense? Like, I don't buy into the idea that if she thought he was going to get trounced and it was not going to be remotely competitive, I think she would think to herself, okay, I don't want to endorse somebody who then is going to get absolutely obliterated in the polls because it reflects well, on some level on her. You know, and this is not a normal, this is not a normal election in the sense that, well, in a lot of ways, but Trump is running on a, at least what a lot of supporters are saying is kind of a, uh, a vengeance tour or will be on a vengeance tour afterwards. Um, and, and being on the wrong side of the guy who could be the Republican president of the United States once again is not necessarily your one of, although, you know, for governors, it doesn't necessarily matter all that much. A little different. I think if you're in the Congress. Um, but here we are seeing that this is the, it is, like I said, the first and last stand of trying to defeat Donald Trump in this primary is going to be Iowa, because if it doesn't happen there, the chance of it happening anywhere else is very slim. And I mean, here is, um, DeSantis and you, you hadn't seen a lot of this. This has changed a little bit recently. DeSantis knows that he can't get at Trump on the debate stage because Trump's not showing up on the debate stage. And here he is. Uh, this is cut six, and he's talking about the Trump effect on other Republicans. Play it. As somebody who's a leader, you should want people who are delivering big victories for their constituents, standing up for conservative values, which Kim has done. And it's almost like with, with Donald Trump, if you don't kiss the ring, you could be the best governor ever and he'll trash you. You could be a terrible, corrupt politician, but if you kiss his ring, then all of a sudden he'll praise you. So he's, he's, there are punches being thrown here that we weren't really seeing in the past. Yeah. And the other thing I would factor in is, and this is what I think everybody would say, don't pay a lot of attention to national polls on the Republican primary race because most people are not really paying attention because the primary season hasn't really started in their state. There's not advertisements going on. What's interesting to me here is, Everybody believes that Iowa could and or would be a slingshot. So I think what you're going to start to hear from DeSantis and maybe even Nikki Haley, too, is if you're not in the top three, you should drop out, uh, in meaning in the top three in Iowa. And I think DeSantis is going to argue if you're not in the top two, you should drop out. The DeSantis strategy is predicated on Iowa. The Nikki Haley strategy is predicated on, hey, I'm going to be competitive in Iowa, I'm going to be competitive in New Hampshire, then I'm going to win South Carolina, and it's going to be me versus Trump by the time you get into Super Tuesday and all of the rest of the primaries that are out there. So if you're Nikki Haley, you want 
for there to be a much less successful Ron DeSantis performance in Iowa. And if you're DeSantis, remember, they haven't spent a lot of time in New Hampshire comparatively. They've basically gone with the burn-the-boat strategy on Iowa. So the question would be, what kind of slingshot do you get if you're competitive and come in second? Certainly, if you win, that's a totally different story. But if you're competitive and you come in second, what kind of slingshot do you get into New Hampshire and into South Carolina? And also, when are some of these guys going to drop out? But tomorrow, and we're down in Miami, there's only going to be five people on the stage. To me, this is a three-person race. I love Vivek. I think he's super talented. He seems to have peaked around Labor Day, and he has begun to decline. And Maybe he has a tremendous day tomorrow. Uh, I don't think Tim Scott... Uh, is going to be able to make a move. I think we're basically down to it's going to be Nikki Haley or Ron DeSantis going head-to-head with Trump at some point. I do think if I'm making a prediction for tomorrow, and I guess I'm kind of jumping ahead because this will be more tomorrow's show, look for some fireworks with Vivek and and Nikki on that stage. Because last time around, Nikki really, Nikki Haley really went after him, and she surged afterwards. I, I misread the, the public mood on that. I thought maybe it would be people would say, oh, she was too aggressive. Yeah. No, her numbers actually moved in the in the positive direction and and at Vivek's expense, I think. So Vivek, uh, you know, he's very deft, very uh, very talented on the debate stage. I think he may decide that he's going to try to turn that around. And I think Tim Scott's going to come after Nikki Haley because we had Tim Scott on was it last week? He was surprised that she went after him. He that was, was that I came think, across stunned that he threw a punch at him. And so I suspect that Tim Scott, remember. Tim Scott and Nikki Haley, they had their initial almost shadow primary because they're both from a relatively small state of South Carolina. Nikki Haley has now surged ahead of Tim Scott. They both can't really advance to the, to the next round, proverbially speaking. Unless something changes for Tim Scott soon, then I think Nikki Haley is in a really good spot. Now, Tim Scott's probably thinking, because he's done the burn the, uh, the boat strategy too to go all in on Iowa. He's probably thinking, if I'm thinking uh, Tim Scott strategically, he's thinking, hey, can I beat Nikki Haley in Iowa and argue that she needs to drop out because I am the guy who has established the more bona fides in that respect. I just think this week with the debate tomorrow, we got a special guest uh, scheduled for tomorrow that I think you guys are going to enjoy to break down all this. Um, I think you're going to find that there is a lot of movement once we get through the Wednesday debate and there's a week to kind of see whether or not the polls move at all. I think it's going to be hard to argue if you haven't made the move by this debate tomorrow because then you get into get into yeah. again Thanksgiving and then you get into Christmas and then boom the votes already started in Iowa. This is the moving time. If you don't move it ain't going to happen. Uh, we're going to get into more of this and also uh, we got to share with you these RFK Jr. numbers in swing states running as a third-party candidate, it's a pretty crazy, the percentages that he looks to be, uh, pot, that he could possibly pull here, and it'll change the election. I mean, that's, it'll definitely change the election. It's not a on the outskirts, on the, on the margin situation. So what does that mean? And, and what's the Trump strategy for dealing with that? I think this is a discussion we have to have. 800-282-2882. Uh, give us a call. Let us know what you think about Election Day today. If you're in a state where there's a really important, yes, Kentucky, we're talking about you, but also stuff going on in Ohio, a lot of um, the back and forth here has to do with uh, abortion on uh, with state constitutions. And uh, I know that's an issue, a big issue in Virginia, a big issue in Ohio. 
Uh, so let us know if your state is in the midst of a really important election today, what you think's going on. You know, if you're a gun owner like I am, you know that responsibility is essential to being a firearm owner. And part of that responsibility is being proficient. That means making the time to train and understand your firearm. If you can't get to the range regularly, the next best thing is training at home in a safe, protected space with an electronic training device, the Mantis X. That's what the Mantis X is, a firearms training system that is a no-ammo, all-electronic way to improve your shooting accuracy. It attaches to your firearm like a weapon light. You connect that to your iPhone or Android, whichever you carry, and the Mantis X app. The Mantis X gives you data-driven, real-time feedback on your shooting. It challenges you with drills and courses, and nearly everyone using a Mantis X sees improvement within the first half hour of using it. So it's really quick. You'll be like, wow, I'm getting better. The Mantis X is a must-have for every gun owner. It's just a piece of kit, piece of equipment you should have. Start improving your shooting accuracy today. Go to MantisX.com. That's M-A-N-T-I-S-X.com. From the front lines of truth, Clay Travis and Buck Sexton. Why are people still on the fence about owning gold and silver? I just don't understand. Have we already forgotten about regional bank closures, inflation, global instability, and the potential for serious world conflicts? You can look to precious metals for various reasons. One, having tangible currency on hand as part of your bug-out plan. Two, diversifying your portfolio as a hedge against inflation. And three, historically, gold increases in value over time. You keep yourself informed about global events. You see the increase in conflicts around the globe. Countries are buying and hoarding massive amounts of gold. Why aren't you? It's time to pull the trigger with the Oxford Gold Group and buy gold and silver. Nobody can predict the future, but we can't put our head in the sand either. The people with Oxford Gold Group are real pros. They make owning gold and silver simple and easy to understand. Call Oxford Gold Group right now and you may qualify for up to $10,000 in free precious metals. Call 833-995-GOLD. That's 833-995-GOLD. One more time, 833-995-G-O-L-D. The number one fantasy sports app in America is Prize Picks. It's the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Five million members already active on Prize Picks. If you've not yet downloaded Prize Picks, do it today. Unlike other apps on Prize Picks, it's just you against the number. It's about the players and not the teams. You look for the sports you know best and that you follow the most. Then you make a single decision on each player projection, more or less, every time you play. You pick two to six players and make that one decision. You can win up to 100 times your money on prize picks with as little as four picks. More player action on prize picks now than ever. And it's the best way to get action on sports in more than 30 states now. Prize picks also gives you injury insurance so your picks stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. Download the free prize picks app and open your account. Use my name, Clay, for a first deposit match. Up to $100. Download the Prize Picks app. Use promo code CLAY, that's C L A Y, to get set up and get a deposit match up to $100. Pick more, pick less. It's that easy. When you have health insurance, it's easy to think, hey, I'm covered, no worries. Not so fast. Remember, your out-of-pocket costs are not covered by insurance. And that can be a lot of money for your family, but how do you know you're not being overbilled? Well, it's estimated that over 50% of medical bills contain errors. So unless you're a billing expert, how do you know your medical bills are accurate? 
HealthLock can help. HealthLock is a healthcare technology company that securely connects with your insurance. When your medical claim comes in, HealthLock technology reviews the claims for errors like overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. HealthLock makes it easy to find and fix hidden errors, so you pay only what you owe. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million. Bottom line, insurance isn't enough. To save, visit HealthLock.com. Do it before you see another healthcare provider. Healthlock.com. Healthlock.com. Welcome back in, Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. There is, in many ways, a total information blackout on, give him credit, Stephen Crowder sharing the first several pages of the Nashville Trans Shooter Manifesto. Um, Candace Owens tweeted that she has heard that there are going to be two Metro Nashville police officers fired for leaking those pages of the manifesto and that she is going to have more to say about that. This is obviously a story that hits close to home uh, for me, and Candace lives now in Nashville as well, but many people who live in the Nashville area over that school shooting at the Covenant School, um, almost completely uncovered, Buck, in terms of the media uh, scrutiny in the wake of what clearly was an anti-white targeted murder by a crazy woman who was pretending to be a man. Uh, and I just wanted to reinforce, in the same way that Corinne Jean-Pierre tried to say, and the Biden White House tried to say in the wake of the terror attack by Hamas, we have to be concerned about Islamophobia. Remember what Corinne Jean-Pierre said, hey, we've got to be concerned about transgender issues in the wake of the school shooter. And remember, Buck, in many of the protests in the Nashville area that left-wingers were involved in, they actually chanted seven victims. Yep. Six young, uh, three young kids, three adults who were murdered in that school shooting. And the crazy trans shooter, seven victims is what left-wingers were chanting. But I just wanted to play Corinne Jean-Pierre saying, hey, remember, this is an issue for the trans community. One of the things that we saw during the midterm elections is that people don't want their freedoms to be taken. They want us to fight for their freedoms. And so it is shameful. It is disturbing. And uh, our hearts go out to uh, the, the trans community as they are under attack right now. Okay. There's, yeah. there's a pattern here. Yes. After a trans terrorist mass murder incident, the White House says we're, our hearts go out to the trans community. You know, the left after a Hamas mass murder terrorist incident says we're concerned about Islamophobia. Yes. There's a pattern that plays out here. And I would just point out, Joe Biden never traveled to Nashville. Think about how often Biden mass shootings, how quickly he gets to almost every location. In fact, he just came back from Maine. He never went to Nashville for the school shooting there. And it should have and immediately set off antenna for me. The Biden administration knew about these writings. They knew who the murderer was. They tried to prevent the discussion from coming out because it challenges their narrative. Just remember that. Uh, no one wants a towel feels like sandpaper. You want soft and absorbent. Look no further than my towels. The My Pillow team, they knocked this one out of the park. My towels made with a special cotton you'll love wrapping yourself in after the shower. Six piece set right now for just $29.98. Premium line, just 20 bucks more. Either way, you're getting 50% off the regular prices. Towels come with a 60 day money back guarantee, 10 year warranty. That's two months. 
into next year to make sure that you like the feel of these towels. Also, great gifts just in time for the holidays. Here's how you get hooked up. Go online to MyPillow.com. Click on the Radio Listener Special Square. My Towel, six-piece towel set, 50% in savings. Enter the promo code Clay and Buck. You can also call 800-792-3269. This is a great special. Use that code Clay and Buck at MyPillow.com. Clay Travis and Buck Sexton on the front lines of truth. All right, it's election day today. We are a year out from the big election in 2024. And uh, so you've got what's happening now and what it means perhaps for the future, what kind of indicators we can see based on the voting as it occurs today. Uh, the most publicized, uh, attention-grabbing things today are, as we mentioned, uh, Daniel Cameron, the AG in Kentucky, running against Bashir. You got a blue Democrat in a super red state who was terrible on COVID. You got to get rid of it. Clay started out the top of the show with this uh, uh, this call for all those out there in Kentucky to make sure you vote today and make sure you you elect Daniel Cameron, the Attorney General. Um, but also Virginia is very interesting, Clay, because the uh, General Assembly there has Democrats with a slight advantage in the Senate, and then in the House for the state of Virginia, there's a slight Republican advantage. If Glenn Youngkin, the governor there, who he's been on the show pushing for it, he wants unified Republican control in the uh, General Assembly there. Um, if he gets it, uh, if he manages to get that, there are a number of conservative or center-right policies, perhaps you could say, that he could pursue in that state. Uh, Youngkin has called, for example, for a 15-week limit with, uh, for abortion, with exceptions for rape, incest, or to protect the life of the mother, uh, calling for more aggressive laws on crime, calling for more parental rights in education policy, things like that. Youngkin could be in a position, if this election goes well, to pass some of those policies in Virginia, and the big question that would be, can Virginia maybe, maybe be in play in 2024? That, look, I have been pretty transparent about this. If Trump is the nominee or DeSantis is the nominee or Nikki Haley is the nominee, whoever ends up the Republican Party nominee, if Glenn Youngkin is popular enough to flip the Virginia House after Winning in 2021, if your math as a pollster out there showed that Glenn Youngkin could put Virginia in play, if Republicans win Virginia, the race is over. If he could deliver Virginia, and I'm not saying he could as a vice president, but if he could, to me that is a no-brainer addition to a ticket. Now, I've also said, look, Brian Kemp, I would be interested in him to take it off the, uh, to take it off the table. I would be looking, if I were the Republican Party nominee, to make a transparent and clear play, which is all I want to do is win. <laughs> right? Uh, and if, if Youngkin could do that, and this will be a test on that, and if you're listening to us in Virginia right now, if he has control of the Senate and the House there, then I think it's an incredibly compelling argument that he could potentially, through his own popularity, be able to swing that state. I don't see how you wouldn't look at it. 
and and consider him as a legitimate vice presidential candidate. Uh, my concern is, um, and and I'll you know talk about this with Trump. I I want him to be thinking for his vice presidential candidate. Who can I pick? Not only that is ready to be president in the event that something happens in the same way we're talking about Biden, Kamala Harris. I mean, Trump, if he's the nominee, is going to be the oldest uh, president entering into office that we have seen. Obviously, he'd only have four years. So I want whoever the vice president is in the event that something happened to Trump to be able to be a good commander in chief, a good president as well. But in terms of the electoral politics of it, I would like for Trump, DeSantis or Nikki Haley to pick someone that helps to make it more likely that Republicans are going to win. And I understand the argument that's out there that the vice president really doesn't matter that much, that most people are focusing on the presidential race. And I think that's genuine, genuinely true. But if you end up with someone who is popular enough in their individual state, whether it's Brian Kemp, whether it's Glenn Youngkin, hey, maybe in, uh, maybe in Wisconsin, it's, it's, uh, it's our buddy Ron Johnson, right? Is it Sununu in, uh, in New Hampshire? Is it Carrie Lake in Arizona? Someone that you think could, is it Lombardo, the governor right now of Nevada? Is it someone in a swing state that could, due to their popularity, help to swing one or two points more in your direction to deliver that state? I think that's the kind of strategic calculus that the nominee should be thinking about. There's also, and I know this is looking a little bit beyond election day today as we said the big things are governor's race in kentucky virginia general assembly control for youngkin there uh some a bunch of ballot initiatives in texas um some uh an abortion uh, abortion fight playing out in ohio um some stuff going on in mississippi but this really caught our attention as well even though it's looking a little little further out because there are a bunch of loud voices we'd mentioned david axelrod yesterday uh, in the Democrat Party who are saying Biden, that Biden has to choose to drop out and nobody can force Biden out, right? He's the incumbent. He's the president. This has to be a decision from him. If effectively appealing to Joe Biden to be like, look, guy, yeah. you can't do this. Um, there is no secret cabal of Democrat power brokers that at least we're aware of who will be able to just tell Biden it's not going to be you. Uh, if people think that's there, I'd want to know who those individuals are because they're writing these editorials. They're not sitting down and just saying you're out. And I think part of this is you see the weakness now that Joe Biden has in, in a lot of the polls. But this is interesting. You have a fifth of voters. This is the New York Times polling. A fifth of voters in the battleground states, the six, ba- uh, uh, the six battleground states, Clay, are unfavorable toward both candidates if it's going to be a Biden-Trump Rematch. So 20% of them are possibly in, in the mix if it's a Biden Trump rematch. RFK Jr., if he is on the ballot, now ballot access will be a big problem. They're going to try to stop him from getting ballot access, but just theoretically, if he was on the ballot in these different states, he would get, according to polling the New York Times today, 19% in Nevada. He would get 21% in Pennsylvania. He would get 24% in Arizona, 23% in Georgia, 25% in Michigan, and 21% in Wisconsin. Those numbers, if those hold steady, if he's able to get on the ballot, which requires money and organization and, you know, legal stuff, um, but that changes the election. Not only that, 
the numbers reflect that he hurts Trump more than he hurts Biden, which is what we told you would likely be the case some time ago. That squares with what I would anticipate, Buck. I think there's about 20% of the electorate that effectively really dislikes the idea of Trump-Biden and wants to vote in a protest manner. And they see RFK Jr. as their method in which to do that. My concern is the data is now reflecting not only your and mine intuition, also the poll that that I put out there. Uh, a lot of people who follow me on Twitter would vote for RFK Jr. Uh, over Trump or Biden, uh, according to that poll. My concern is that RFK Jr. could swing the election for Joe Biden. Yes, I think he would. And, and so now we get to, because because people are pointing out, they're saying, oh, ballot access. And the Democrats, to be clear, after what happened with Jill Stein and the Green Party, yes. Democrats in states where they can, because it's different in, in, in all these individual states, are trying to make ballot access harder, more expensive, more of a process. Because they don't want a Green Party spoiler as they had in 2016, which is something that doesn't get talked about a lot. But it may be a, you know, the election outcome is definitely, was definitely affected. Was it determinative? Well, you could argue, but it was definitely affected in 2016 by Jill Stein and the Green Party. So they've made it harder. But in this case, you'd have to wonder, would the Democrat apparatus Help RFK Jr. if they're so confident that he would hurt Trump more in some of these states, or do they think they're playing with fire and they just want it to be a Trump-Biden head-to-head? I'm going to blow your mind with this one. Strategically, would Trump get RFK Jr. on his ticket? I mean, I just he's a Democrat. I get they, it. They disagree on core issues, but the vice president, well, he's a tiebreaker in, in the Senate, but the vice president doesn't really have a legislative I'm doesn't just, really have power if I was just talking strategically about if you pick a VP who can deliver a state let's say Donald Trump is the nominee as he is favored to be right now if he were the presidential nominee and if they walked in and presented all of this data which the Trump campaign would certainly have RFK Jr himself has said that his data shows that he hurts Trump more than he hurts Biden the New York Times data now reflects that that is true in these swing states. Could Trump go to RFK Jr. and say, hey, I want you as my VP. I don't want you running as a third party. And if you're out there and you're listening to us right now, 800-282-2882, strategically. Fuck, there are people listening to us right now. I get emails from them every week. That say, I hate Trump. I refuse to vote for Trump. I will vote for RFK Jr. Are there people out there who don't like Trump that would say if RFK Jr. came off the ballot begrudgingly, hey, maybe I would go vote for Trump? I'm just asking the question because I do think, I think, Buck, you could start to see Democrats covertly looking at this data and trying to get RFK Jr., as you just said, on the ballot, no, absolutely. working behind the scenes, because they don't want it to be known that he benefits that them. playing but, spoiler, yeah. But if you sure. go back to 1992, Bill Clinton wanted Ross Perot on as many ballots as he could get him on, because Ross Perot hurt, tended to take more votes from George Bush Sr. than he did from Bill Clinton. And so Democrats, behind the scenes, they wanted RFK, they wanted Ross Perot in all the debates. Yeah. They wanted him, remember back in Larry King? They wanted him on Larry King as much as they could get him on. 
I wonder whether the Trump people strategically are looking at this and whether the Biden people are and how this RFK Jr. Uh, thing. Now, you could also I just argue, I don't know if he would. I mean, would he even take the job, Clay? Would RFK Jr. even take the job on a Trump ticket as VP? I, I Well, also, he's a Democrat. I get it. But is RFK Jr. also just kind of a trial balloon that's going to pop? Like right now, a lot of people are saying, oh, I would vote for him. But are there really 20-some-odd percent of people who would effectively cast? Because let's be honest about what this is. Voting for RFK Jr. is in many ways a protest vote against Democrats. Well, and this and is also why the, the younger demographic is what is pulling so so much in RFK Jr.'s uh, favor right now. And I think it's because younger people, younger voters are particularly sensitive to we basically have two 80-year-olds who are running against each other to be yes. president. I mean, Trump is like 77, going to be 78, and Biden is 80. Yeah, and by the way, RFK, if you think this is crazy, RFK actually beats Biden and Trump in voters under 45 years old in this most recent New York Times-Siena College Bowl. So as high as his percentages are overall, he actually is winning in voters under 35 right now, which is the for under 45, which is the ultimate pox on both your houses style vote. We'll take some of your calls, uh, let you react to that. Uh, in the meantime, every three seconds, someone in America becomes a victim of online identity theft. Data breaches happen so often these days, they don't even make the news. An example, how about Flagstar Bank, a sizable Midwest-based bank? They've had three data breaches since 2021. Flagstar uses a third-party vendor, which was recently hacked, putting over 800,000 of their customers' info at risk, including tax records and Social Security numbers. Important to understand how cybercrime and identity theft are affecting our lives. And if you're one of those 800,000 customers, how do you know when a cyber hacker may use your info pretending to be you? You want LifeLock's online identity theft protection. It's the single best way to learn if someone's using your name and info online. LifeLock will detect and alert you to potential identity threats you may not spot on your own. It's easy to help protect yourself with LifeLock. Join now. Save 25% off your first year with my name, Clay. That's C-L-A-Y as your promo code. Call 1-800-LIFELOCK or go online to lifelock.com. Use the promo code CLAY, that's C-L-A-Y, for 25% off. Sometimes all you can do is laugh, and they do a lot of it with the Sunday Hang. Join Clay and Buck as they laugh it up in the Clay and Buck podcast feed on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Why are people still on the fence about owning gold and silver? I just don't understand. Have we already forgotten about regional bank closures, inflation, global instability, and the potential for serious world conflicts? You can look to precious metals for various reasons. One, having tangible currency on hand as part of your bug-out plan. Two, diversifying your portfolio as a hedge against inflation. And three, historically, gold increases in value over time. You keep yourself informed about global events. You see the increase in conflicts around the globe. Countries are buying and hoarding massive amounts of gold. Why aren't you? It's time to pull the trigger with the Oxford Gold Group and buy gold and silver. Nobody can predict the future, but we can't put our head in the sand either. The people with Oxford Gold Group are real pros. They make owning gold and silver simple and easy to understand. Call Oxford Gold Group right now and you may qualify for up to $10,000 in free precious metals. Call 833-995-GOLD. That's 833-995-GOLD. One more time, 
G-O-L-D. When you have health insurance, it's easy to think, hey, I'm covered, no worries. Not so fast. Remember, your out-of-pocket costs are not covered by insurance. And that can be a lot of money for your family, but how do you know you're not being overbilled? Well, it's estimated that over 50% of medical bills contain errors. So unless you're a billing expert, how do you know your medical bills are accurate? HealthLock can help. HealthLock is a healthcare technology company that securely connects with your insurance. When your medical claim comes in, HealthLock technology reviews the claims for errors like overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. HealthLock makes it easy to find and fix hidden errors, so you pay only what you owe. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million. Bottom line, insurance isn't enough. To save, visit HealthLock.com. Do it before you see another health care provider. HealthLock.com. HealthLock.com. Born on America's darkest day of 9-11, the Tunnel to Towers Foundation has been helping America's heroes ever since. When a first responder or military service member doesn't come home and young children are left behind, Tunnel to Towers pays the mortgage on the family home to lift the financial burden. For severely injured veterans and first responders, Tunnel to Towers builds mortgage-free smart homes, enabling... Severely injured heroes to move around their homes more independently. Through the Foundation's Homeless Veteran Program, Tunnel to Towers is providing housing and services to homeless veterans. More than 3,300 were helped last year alone. Because all veterans who honorably served, whether in peacetime or war, deserve our nation's gratitude. People who put their lives on the line for our country and our communities need your help now more than ever. Join Tunnel to Towers on its mission to do good and never forget 9-11 or the sacrifices of this country's heroes. Donate $11 a month at T2T.org. That's T2T.org. Welcome back in. Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. A lot of you want to weigh in with a variety of different topics we've been discussing already. By the way, at the top of the next hour, interesting polling data on what the impact of the charges against Trump might be that the Wall Street Journal wrote about uh, one of their editorials going to hit it with you I think you guys are going to be fa- as fascinated by it frankly as I was uh, Jordan in North Carolina you want to talk about how you'll vote in 2024 if it's Trump Biden yeah like I don't <laughs> uh, I'm already like dead set everything you just said a little while ago you nailed it shockingly you know it's not like you don't do it all the time um, like I've already made up my mind. If it's Trump v. Biden, I'm voting for RFK, like 100%. I voted for Trump twice. I'm tired of it. I don't, I, to everyone who can't let go of Trump, like, I, I don't get it. I, I genuinely okay, don't. Okay. But so I'm let me ask you this, Jordan. I appreciate the call. North Carolina is going to be a relatively close state as it was in 1620. It's a battleground state. I think it's fair to say. What if Trump picked RFK Jr. as his running mate? I've been thinking about it ever since y'all said it, and I really don't know, to be completely honest with you. I really don't. I, the chances of that happening are so slim. But I mean, so many stakes <laughs> as it is that I feel like I'm just taking candy from a baby at this point, you know. So I don't think you're going to have an RFK VP slot for uh, under Trump, but I will eat my words if I'm right. I, I don't. By the way, Jordan, let me just say this, and, and I've said that, and I appreciate the call. I will say this to everybody out there that is listening right now. I understand if Trump frustrates you. By the way, I understand if Ron DeSantis frustrates you or if Nikki Haley frustrates you. If my wife came on the phone right now, she would say that I frustrate her all the time, too. Your spouse probably frustrates you. It ain't a tough call to me if it's Trump versus 
Biden, or if it's Nikki Haley versus Biden, or if it's Ron DeSantis versus Biden, or if it's Vivek versus Biden, they're all infinitely better than Biden. And I think most people out there, I understand we're in the middle of a primary right now and everybody's got their fire up and you're for your guy or your gal. I just find it hard to believe that if you're really standing in front and you know, you walk in to cast your ballot and you're in a toss up state that you would vote in any way that makes it more likely that Joe Biden is going to win election. And if you if you're in a red if you're in a red leaning state and you vote for RFK Jr. as someone who formerly voted for Donald Trump a couple of times, you're helping Joe Biden win. Correct. Election. That's the that's the problem. And I know it's not fair, but that is the binary phase. Our right, one more here. Kate in Cleveland. Kate, we've only got about forty seconds. What's up? Oh hey, I just wanted to I'm a mom of three in Cleveland, conservative. Um it is crazy here with this issue one the abortion the way it's worded they would allow abortion up to 40 weeks they would allow children to get abortions without their parent consent this is not ohio i don't know what's going on thank you for the call this is a big deal um and and there are going to be a lot of abortion referendums and i think a lot of people are confused by how things are written in ohio i've heard a lot of people reaching out about this a lot of you going out to vote in ohio today um the radical proposition on abortion is not anything that any republican is saying it's the idea that you should be able to have an abortion in the ninth month of pregnancy. That's what Democrats believe. And I think you're starting to see Glenn Youngkin, for instance, in Virginia, push back and say he wants a 15-week uh, limit, right? Every state has different limits. But the crazy proposition here, and everybody needs to understand this, is not any Republican idea. It's what Democrats are. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. A couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand. On America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast.